You're listening to the weekly podcast of Bethel Bible Church and Pastor Mark Kirkendall. We're so glad you've joined us today. And as always, you can find more information about the church at our website, BethelBible.com. You can find us on Facebook and even follow us on Twitter at Bethel Bible. Let's join Sunday service now. Good morning, everybody. That was weak. Let's try that again. Good morning, everybody. And all of you that are viewing on the podcast, I heard what you said, Adam. And uh, I guess if I'm not on the podcast, I'll get on the Godcast and that ought to work out. Um, I'll be teaching out of Psalms 119 for your information. That's the longest chapter in the Bible. There's 176 verses. And Paul Kill texted me, this is really ringing bad back here. And Paul Kill texted me last night and said, you need to go, you need to do all 176 verses. So I started laughing and I texted him back. I said, this is what I'll do. I'll do all 176 verses with three conclusions at the end of each verse. And so he texted me back and he said, well, they better bring some nourishment. So, but I promise you, I'm not going to do that. All right. What I am going to do, though, is I'm going to talk about the theme of Psalms 119. Are you all relieved now? Uh, but I'm going to be talking about the theme of Psalms 119. Charles Spurgeon said this about Psalms 119. These sections and verses are not like a chain where one link is connected to the other, but like a string of pearls where each pearl has equal but independent value. He also wrote this. We would do well to commit it to memory. What's happening here is these, these writings here, or these verses, are a collection of writings that took a period of time, a long period of time, and what it was, it was an experience uh, that the writer was going through and how he, through the obedience to God's word, overcame the troubles and the, and, and the things that were going on around him. Guys, there's a lot of stuff going on today around us. I mean, there is chaos, there's just all kinds of different things happening right now. I'd never thought we'd be going through something like this in 2020. You know, I thought every morning I'd get up and go on about my business. I wouldn't have to wear no mask. It scares me. I go into a store and I think I'm being robbed half the time. It's like, like what Adam said. But I can't find any rest in trying to prepare outside of God's word. I can't. And so... I began to take a look at this, and I'm, I'm saying I either trust in God's word that he's going to give me direction through all this, or he's not. But we can be sure that God is faithful, and he's made a statement concerning that. He said, so shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It will not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please in the place that I have sent it. We have God's word. It's not only uh, stable, but it gives us direction, it gives us understanding, it gives us wisdom. And so this morning, I'll be talking in Psalms 119. And we see the psalmist says this, if we keep God's laws, his precepts, his commandments, they will keep us on track, pointed in the right direction. When I got saved, it was like a huge weight had been lifted off my shoulders I felt like I was on basically on cloud nine, and I knew something had taken place in my life, but I wasn't really sh quite sure how to explain it. I just knew that when I asked God to forgive me of my sins, 
he came into my heart, and that weight lifted. I don't know about you, but I, I, was, uh, I was a heathen. As a matter of fact, I taught classes on how to be a heathen. Uh, but when God came into my heart, and he removed that sin from my life and claimed me as his own, I felt like I was on cloud nine. I was raised in a Christian home, and as a child, I memorized John 3.16. I think that's one of the first scriptures that most of us memorize. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but the world through him might save, be saved. But the thing was, is I, it didn't really become a reality until I had accepted by faith what Jesus had done for me. But what I didn't understand shortly after that was that as a believer, my journey was just beginning. When we give our hearts to God and when he comes in and he just, he, he washes away that sin and he resides in us through his Holy Spirit, guess what? Your journey has just started as a believer. It's like getting into a car. You ever done that when you was a kid? You get in a car and and you're going somewhere with your parents, what was the first question that you normally asked them? Are we there yet? <laughs> well, that's, <laughs> that's like when you give your heart to the Lord. You're just beginning. And so I didn't really understand uh, you know, as a new believer that my journey was begin just beginning. Honestly, I thought taking my place on the pew singing a few songs with Adam, listening to the preacher was what I was supposed to do. And then I would go home and go on about my business. But you know, I thought all was right with the world. But what I didn't know, that even though I was free from the power of sin, I was not free from the presence of it. Now, there will come a time when we'll be free from the presence, and that's when we stand with the Lord in heaven. But right now, we're free from the power of sin, but we are not free from the presence of it. I wasn't uh, a Christian very long until I found myself doing some of the same things that I had always done before. Thoughts, deeds. And I thought to myself, what's going on? I am going to get into Psalms 119. That'll be next week when you guys stay here all week. And I thought to myself, what's going on? Why am I still wrestling with all these things in my life? Anybody ever had that question? Why do I keep doing the same thing over and over? If I get excited, you guys will just have to excuse me. Can I get a witness? So in my little dilemma... I was still a believer, but I was just having some issues that uh, needed to be dealt with in my life. So as I began, to, I began to seek the Lord, I got one of those little pamphlets, one of those little booklets, you know, the ones that tell you how to go through the Bible in one year. Anybody ever do that? You know, you read a certain amount in the New Testament, you read a certain amount in the Old Testament, and then you read a chapter in Psalms and a few verses in Proverbs. And so as I was going through that, I got as far as Psalms 119, and as I began to read that chapter, and I looked at it, and I said, man, this thing is really speaking to me about where I am in life and where I need to go. The writer made a statement in verse 176. This is your first verse in Psalms 119. I'm going to work my way backwards, 176 to 1. Just joking. 
And this is what he said. I have gone astray like a lost sheep. Seek thy servant, for I do not forget thy commandments. Have you ever had somebody tell you, this is the way I do it, and it works for me every time? I'm getting around to it. I found that statement to be true for me as I began to apply God's word in my life. Psalms 119 helped me as a believer to begin a journey and to stay on the path that God would have for me. You know, it may not look like it's working. Anybody ever do that? Tell the Lord, God, Lord, I've done everything that you told me to do, but I can't see daylight. It's still dark out there. It may look like it's working, not working, but I want you to know, allow God to work his plan in your life. You know, I had a rash one time. So I went to the doctor, and I asked the doctor, I said, uh, what can we do for this? He goes, I got some salve right here. And he goes, what you need to do is you need to apply it on a daily basis. And what will happen is, is you'll see that thing starting to dissipate. And then when you're finished, I want you to continue on doing it and doing it and doing it until that whole bottle's gone. Well, I don't think I need to go into detail what I did. I rubbed it on there about two or three days, and I saw it begin to work. And so I said, whew, I don't need to put it on there no more. I just stopped. <laughs> it may not look like God's word is working in your life, but give God time. Allow God to work his plan out for your life. You know, Clint preached a sermon last week out of Esther about a man by the name of Haman who hated Jews. And he had built a gallow to hang Mordecai on. And he had a plan. And the plan wasn't a good one. But there was someone that had a better plan and his name was God. And what Mordecai had planned for didn't take place because God's plan for our lives, his direction for our lives, his instruction for our lives is greater than anything that the enemy has laid out for you. Anything. And so we find out that Haman hung on the gallows that he made. God's plan always comes through in our lives. We can plan on it. So when we're in this world of turmoil and chaos today, I'm going to say something to you. Don't look for the world for help. Your help comes from God and God alone. God and God alone. You see, when we plan without God, we're actually planning God out in our situation, in our life. Anybody ever done that? Make your plans. The Bible says that the best laid plans of man, they fail. So when we plan, and we plan without God, what we're actually doing is planning God out in that situation. So I have to ask the question, how important is the Word of God in our lives? Psalms 119, this psalmist was crying out to God, show me your precepts, show me your word, show me your law, show me your judgments. I need help. When I went into the military, way back yonder before most of you were even born or even thought of, I was 18 years old, and I thought I had it all together. So my dad, who had been 22 years in the military, knew all about what I was fixing to do, 
and I got a picture of it, but I didn't bring that with me. And so he asked me, I want to do one thing for you before you leave. And I thought to myself, well, I have a pretty good idea what he wants. I had long hair at the time. That's when it was popular. He goes, I want you to step outside, sit on that bar stool. I want to cut your hair off before they get to you. So I said, okay, no problem. I thought I'd give dad one more whack at me. So I went out and sat on a chair. You've seen that picture, haven't you, Karen? And my dad got that razor out, and he just started shaving my head. He goes, now you look like you belong in the military. And I laughed about it and carried on. And following day, he took me down to the bus station. I was on the passenger side, and he was on the driver's side. And we pulled up to the curb, and he handed me my little ditty bag. And he said, go ahead and hop out. So I get out, and I'm fixing to go into the bus station take my trip up to San Antonio, Texas. But I got out, and I, I stood there and stood there and stood there and stood there, and I kept waiting for my father to get out. But he wouldn't get out. So I pecked on the window, and he rolled it down, and he started laughing, and he goes, I'll see you in four years. <laughs> Bette Midler sang a song, God is watching from a distance. Guys, that couldn't be any further from the truth than the east is from the west. God did not say to us, I've done my part, now work it out the best way you can. But God knew in his infinite wisdom, his unfathomable love, his mercy and his grace, that we the believer, his sheep, would need his direction for us in our life. As I begin to really study this chapter, another verse really jumped off the pages and spoke to me. You know, it's Psalms 119, 19, and it says this, I am a stranger in this earth. Do not hide thy commandments from me. That word commandment there in Psalms 119, 19 is used 22 times. And it means the word emphasizes the straight authority of what is said. And the right to give orders. Let me read that again. That word emphasizes the straight authority of what is said. And the right to give orders. In Psalms 37, 23. It tells us that the steps of a righteous man are what? Ordered of the Lord. They're laid out from the Lord. When we walk out God's word. God establishes our walk. And there is order. Even in the midst of chaos and uncertainty. And I'm going to say that again. When we walk out God's word, we see it and we read it, and it becomes a part of our life, and we begin to walk that word out. God establishes, and that's what this definition means. God establishes. He establishes our walk. Even in the midst of chaos and uncertainty, our path will be stable. In Psalms 55, verses 8 through 11, it says this about God concerning us. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, and my ways are not your ways, declares the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. For as the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return, there without watering the earth and making it bear and sprout and furnishing seed to the sower and bread for the eater. So shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return unto me void, 
but it shall accomplish that which I please in the place that I've sent it. But I'm human, and I still have to deal with my flesh. And there's going to be times when we find ourselves straying from God's Word, His pasture. In Psalms 119, verse 176, listen to the cry of this man as he's writing down, pinning down what God had, would have him do. He says, I have gone astray like a sheep. Seek the servant, for I do not forget thy commandments. Guys, we're all sheep. Prado taught on that last week or week before last. We're all sheep, and like sheep, guess what we like to do? We like to wander, and we like to go astray into fields that are not healthy. You know that old saying, grass is always greener on the other side? I got news for you, it's not. You ever seen a cow? with me? I saw some of you sleeping and I said, well, I'm fixing to wake them up. If I put you to sleep, I can wake you up. But we're, we're sheep. And like sheep, there's times that we go astray. You ever seen a cow at a fence? All the grass on the side of the fence that he's on is, is, is green as it can be, and yet he's wanting to do what? Stick his head through the fence and eat something on the other side. Guys, we're, we're just like that. But we have a good shepherd, a merciful shepherd, a loving shepherd, a compassionate shepherd. And that is settled, and that will not change. We may find ourselves looking beat up and trashed out from wandering into other fields that we haven't been directed to, but he's the shepherd. And guess what he likes to do? He'll leave the 99, and he'll go for the one to bring him back. That's because he's merciful. You want to put that picture on of Eric? Thank you, Steve. Is it going to buzz when you do that? <clears throat> that's my son, Eric, and uh, the little one. The other guy that's standing next to him is the same age. His name is, uh, what was his name? Casey. It wasn't Casey Rivers, but uh, Casey McCormick. And that's my son, and that's his friend. Let me tell you a little story here. Just as that psalmist in 119, uh, verse 176 was crying out, Lord, help me. Seek your servant. Bring me back to where I need to be. I need to get back on that word that's settled, that's, sta that's stable, that's sturdy. It was a Sunday morning. And my son came to me, and been, we were in Houston, Texas, and, and there was just, we were working on some sidewalks outside our houses, and it was just as muddy as it could be. Casey McCormick came over and knocked on the door, wanted to see if Eric could come out for a few minutes and have a little bit of fun. So I told Eric, I said, Eric, you can go outside, but we're going to leave here in just a few minutes. Stay out of the mud, 
Don't get yourself in a place that you don't want to be. I will, Dad. I will. A few minutes later, I walked outside and stood on the porch, and I couldn't see Eric or Casey anywhere. Nowhere. And so I got out there, and I started hollering, Eric! God sometimes steps outside when we've got off the path and we've gone into a field that we shouldn't have been and we're there and he's hollering out whatever your name may be. In my case, it's Steve. And I hollered again and again and again and finally I walked around on the sidewalk and there he was standing there with his friend Casey and they looked like they were hogs wallowing in the mud. He didn't pay any more attention to what I had told him, the man in the moon. I'd given him instructions. I've told him what to do and what to avoid, and there he was. So I stood there, and I looked at him, and I had to turn around and, and just walk away. And I said, get to the house and get cleaned up. We're still going to church. But when I got in the house, I just laughed. I couldn't help but laugh when I looked at him. That's why we took this picture. Because it was funny. But guys, it's not so funny when we wander in fields and we're disobedient and we do things that we're not supposed to be doing. You've still got a good shepherd that's going to step out and he's going to call you by name. His Holy Spirit's going to convict you and bring you back to the place that you need to do. In verses 1 and 2 of Psalms 119, we went from the last verse now to the first verse, first two verses. And these first two verses say this to his sheep. I am blessed when I walk in his word. I am blessed when I observe his word. And I am blessed when I seek his word. In Psalms 119, You're going to find that God gives in through His Word wisdom. He gives discernment. He gives understanding. He shows us how to keep our ways pure. And I love this one right here. Because when I told Eric to go in the house and get cleaned up, guess what? He was still my son. He may have been dirty, but he was still my son and he'll always be my son. And there may be times where I have to go tell him to go take a bath. But guess what? He's still mine. And that's the way God looks at us. But as I got to looking at this, how to keep our way pure. The scripture tells us, wherewith shall a young man cleanse his way? But by taking heed thereto according to thy word. This is in Psalms 119. In other words, how am I going to keep my way pure? When everything around me is corrupt. When everything else around me doesn't, doesn't really acknowledge God, follow His Word. There is, it keeps us from having what I call stinking thinking. Anybody ever have that? Stinking thinking? Yeah. You know what? I found out one thing about stinking thinking, and Mark and I had been talking about that. You know, you... <clears throat> You can't stop a bird from flying over your head. Anybody ever heard that one? But you can stop him from nesting in your hair. 
Isn't that right? You can't stop a bird from flying over your head, but you can stop him from nesting in your hair. And so when we come into that area where we have to stop that stinking thinking, guess what? In Philippians, it says to do what? Think on these things. What things were pure or gentle? gentle. And so when we had that stinking thinking, get into God's word. It shares to us how to avoid traps and snares set by the enemy. He says in Psalms 119.105, The word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. That word lamp there means to furrow. It means to furrow. And the other word, light, means just exactly what it means. It's light. And so God's word, when we begin to allow it to be a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path, that word begins to furrow out snares. It begins to open up things so that you'll be able to see what the enemy has set for you or be able to see what direction God wants you to take. And light is shed on it. There is strength in his word. There is freedom and liberty in his word. We don't deserve these things, but by God's mercy and grace, He gives them freely to you and I. God is faithful, even when we aren't. Guess what? And it's not faith in our faith. It's faith in God's faithfulness. He's faithful and will always be so. I want to close with this. In 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 15, it says this. Study to show thyself approved, a workman under God, that needeth not be ashamed, but rightly dividing the word of truth. In 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 15 and 16, it says this. All scripture is given by God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. That a man may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. I pray this morning I didn't go through verse by verse because I knew that was impossible. But if I could encourage you to do one thing this morning. If I could encourage you to do one thing this morning. With all the stuff that's going on around us. Get into God's word. And it will be a lamp. And it will be a light. And God's word will not return void for you. Let's all bow our heads. Go ahead and stand. Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for all, Lord, that you have done for us. Lord, for the blessings that you poured out on our life. Lord, for allowing us to be able to come together, Father, to worship you and to hear your word. And I ask you this morning, Father, as we go forth from here, Lord, that your Holy Spirit would just speak to each heart, Father. Lord, that they would see the need, Lord, to be able to get into your word and to hear what you would have to say, that your directions, your discernment, your wisdom, and your understanding are to be found in your word. In the precious name of Jesus. Amen. Thanks again for listening to the podcast today. We hope that you were blessed and encouraged. And if you have any questions or comments, we want you to let us know. Simply send your thoughts to questions at Bethelbible.com. Thanks for spending time with us and be sure to join us next week on the Bethel Bible Podcast.